moving on the land like a mural in the sand on your frequency band. Live on the radio, you and your lady start to freak where you stand and find the peaks with beats to speak on demand. Time of connection, stay complete over fault lines. Angelinos moving as a fleet. West coast on the hunt like heat. Training on the stage like a combine. Come find us at the front line. And you like the dust that gets kicked up one more time. On the floor, hardcore like gold mines. It's a gold rush that touches so cold. To make a better kind of banger just for you to hold. Calls for us to kick back and crack that code. It's a cliffhanger info that you would know. If you celebrate it, then the feeling's mutual. And if you want to hate, then it's just juvenile. Welcome to the House List Podcast. My name is Peter Agostin. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, love the show and I love you guys. Thank you. This is the House List. Um, today's episode is with an incredible guy, an interesting artist and um, uh, thinker, Giovanni Marx, aka Subtitle. Subtitle. I recorded this in downtown Los Angeles when I was there on my trip somewhat recently now. Um, back in New York, it's a beautiful day here, Sunday, so I'm hoping I make my Monday uh, uh, posts, but you know, we'll get it up there. Um, if this is your first time listening, uh, please subscribe uh, wherever you listen, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, etc. I appreciate that. Spread the word for me, you know. Um, that helps a tremendous amount. This is a word-of-mouth based podcast, so if you are a fan of the stuff that I'm doing and, and the people that I've talked to, just like, you know, copy and paste the link and send it to your, to your loved ones, um, regardless of whom they may be or where they may be. You can listen to this free all over the world. So with that being said, subtitle. So I was in LA and I was, it was my last day there. I was in uh, uh, downtown LA at the last bookstore. I uh, wanted to check it out for a long time. I'd never been there before. And I was walking around and I saw Geo. Now, you, you can't really miss him. He's extremely tall. Uh, so I saw him uh, in the graphic novels. And we had already exchanged a couple of emails about um, doing the show, doing the podcast. Um, and because I've been a fan of his work for a long time, he's been doing it for a long time in many different um, subgroups. And he did stuff on GSL, uh, which is a label I loved. And 
and Alpha Pup and um, but lots of different associations, Project Blow and the LA Underground, but uh, but also kind of the um, more even more so into the deeper electronic and kind of post rock world. I think he was kind of a pioneer in a way of that merging and worked at Amoeba for a long time. So you'd see him there. He was a fixture there for, for several years. So anyway, I see the guy in the bookstore and I'm like, yo, what's up, man? Uh, funny seeing you here. Um, I'm just checking this shit out. I want to walk around real quick, but you want to do the podcast? Uh, you know, we're both here and he was, had some time off before going to work, uh, which was right there in the vicinity. And, um, so I went, I walked around the bookstore, great place, cool, the, the rare book room obviously always is like, I love looking at those, can't, don't necessarily want to buy, but they're fun to window shop. Uh, I ultimately ended up buying a Chub Rock record of all <laughs> things, didn't even get a book, got a Chub Rock record, but I got it because there's the Chubster Clark Kent house remix was on, I've been wanting that on vinyl for a long time, haven't had it, so I got that, and then we went. He and I then basically went right across the street to um, a really cool wine shop and posted up and um, recorded the conversation there. Now, sidebar, of course, it's uh, there's um, real-life atmospheric sounds going on, so they were playing some music, too, and they let us just post up in the place. So shout-out to those guys. Really appreciate it. Um, and some strange woman also took our photo and uh it was awesome i love situations like that it was completely spontaneous obviously it's not like i was prepared prepared i mean we both just basically were riffing talking about his career talking about la and just talking about whatever um we felt like and i thought it was awesome he's a great uh someone needs to give this dude some like a writing job, you know, or like a, um, or supervising scripts uh, for documentaries and shit like that. He's extremely knowledgeable and um, also knows so much about that area. So we walked around afterwards and it was cool. So I hope you guys uh, genuinely um, enjoy this conversation. Uh, CJ edited and, uh, and engineered this episode. He does that so well, uh, especially when we got these, um, sort of loud environmental shows and stuff so knocking it out no matter how we can so again don't forget to subscribe i'm actually heading down to philadelphia tomorrow for the podcast movement which is a conference for podcasters producers and so forth terry gross is is a speaker among others so i'm just hoping to soak up some game and also record a couple episodes while i'm down there and just hang out in Philly. I usually only am there for a show and then I head right back to New York or, you know, never spend more than a, a night there. So it should be an interesting experience. That's for sure. I, hopefully I get a lot of work done. That's what I want to be doing. So, yes. Okay. Um, thanks, y'all. Why don't we just jump right into this joint subtitle here on the Houseless Podcast. Let's go. Oh, I'd also be remiss to say that I opened the show with this song, Experts. I meant to, I meant to actually include this. Before we get into that, um, Experts, produced by Dame Funk, uh, we talk about how this song was made. Basically, uh, uh, Subtitle recorded it in Berlin. Um, and uh, I always liked this song. I thought it was cool and interesting. So I wanted to play the whole joint 
um, because you guys already know like my affiliation with Dame and the and all the work that we've done over the years. So, and I'm a great collector of all of his stuff, especially the things that haven't come out. I have many, many unreleased remixes and appearances, and this is one that um, I like a lot. It's just cool, low key type of joy, and and and. Uh, Subtitle sounds great on it. So that's why I played that. I'm going to play a completely different joint at the end of the show. All right, y'all. Much love, peace, and enjoy the conversation. So to have just walked into the last bookstore here in, in downtown L.A. and having already spoke to you about this a couple different times over the last you know year or so, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and I, you know, this is my first time at the at the bookstore. I wanted to peep it out, and then I see you over there, across like in the uh, in the, in the book section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it seemed like this is probably one of the more spontaneous um, episodes I think I, I've, I've done. So, but it's one that we've been wanting to do for a long time anyway. No, that's tight. No, yeah. I happen to be in downtown having to go to like sexual harassment training for my job, which is not like a diss on my part. Or it's just mandatory for the state of California. Yeah. So I was what like, what was that like? Uh, it was um, pretty. It was pretty interesting because you had a bunch of people in there being told what harassment is or isn't, you know. Okay. And you will find out, like, oh shit, I'm a low key sexual harasser. Right. Like, you know, whether you want to like it or not, like you probably harass somebody sexually and not know it. Right. <laughs> right. I, I, I know I have as of now. Now you know. Now you get to make reparations for all your sins. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and then so by this is just right after that I run into yeah I, yeah I ran into the street I went to like. Um, one of the dispensaries with one of my coworkers real quick. I was, like, right. killing time. I, sure. I have to come back to work at 6, so I was just killing yeah. hours and cool. hours of time. So the down, <laughs> But the downtown scene is, like, the downtown L.A. is a big part of your narrative and stuff, too, right? Yes, it is, for yeah. sure, for sure. Like, I mean, we're, it's just full circle for me. Like, we're on the corner of 5th and Spring. Across the street from here is the Spring Arts building, and that building is, like, the Anacon office. Like, I first came That's out, right. I, I first worked around here in 2005 when I was Daddy Kev's A&R for Alpha Pup, and then that same building was Alpha Pup office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. I didn't yeah. realize that. Like, Boiler yeah. Room was in there for a minute, you know, right, like, right. all this. Like, I was talking to AC alone last night about doing a new thing at the Down and Out, possibly. You know, okay, like, so, yeah. I mean, like, and even beyond that, I've lived here, I've lived, I lived from 5th Street to 8th Street on Spring, you know, right. off and on. Like, every time I left the country, I would come home to renew my visa, I would move back to downtown, right. you know? interesting. So, yeah. I've, How I've, has it changed over the years since that? Like, since you started really inhabiting the downtown? Night and day, because when I first used to come out here, I'd like, go to this venue, The Smell. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Jim, shout out to Jim. Right, shout out know? to Jim. Straight up, Smell Cade. Um, but with The Smell, like, that was the only thing going on. So you couldn't really like be out here. Like after these shows, you're I was running out of like like running out of downtown down the Second Street Tunnel, just trying to not be in downtown because yeah. you just didn't know what was going to happen to you. You know, so um, yeah, it was wild. Like was, and Skid Row was like not far from this area. I not mean, Skid Row what was this area. Like right, any right. like Skid Row now is anything east of like Los Angeles. It used to be anything east of Spring. Oh wow! You know, like, like you could like hear people howling and see fires in the street from right. here if you just look right. down the street. You know, right. like right. it was like the gate. I mean, right. and even then, like Fifth Street is still the gateway into spring, uh, into Skid Row, and it's, it's shrunk considerably over the years just because, like, you know, police presence. Right. Um. Like, I guess the whole gentrification thing with the city's like sure. trying to collapse in on it. You know, like Skid Row used to just be it was tent city everywhere. Now it's still going on, but not in any way, shape, or form the way it was. You know, right, right, right. Like you can be a person not from here, not look like anybody who's around here, walk straight through there and walk to the other side of downtown in the arts district and not get messed with. 
right. you know, whereas once upon a time that wasn't even an idea. You yeah, know? yeah. You would want to breeze past this area quickly. In a car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not on foot. <laughs> Not on foot. It's like funny. And now it's like you walk around, you look outside and it's like a mix of tourists and people that work and I don't know yeah. it's, it's a trip it's the new Angelino you know like the new Angelino is an interesting thing you know like the like the old Angelino like I was born and raised out here you okay, know so you were born in LA yeah, yeah I was born in Fox Hills I was raised out in Compton and Linwood you know I moved to like, Oxnard to go to of school course. I moved to Camarillo I went to school in Oxnard Camarillo and Oxnard five minutes apart from each other right, so right, you know right. but I mean and I moved back and like lived all over so I mean I'm from from LA and like yeah, there wasn't a lot going on. Now there's a lot going on right, all over right. the city. So, yeah, you have, uh, people who weren't here before have all the reason in the world to be here and, like, take sure. advantage of the culture, take advantage of, like, the climate, take advantage of the economic culture and climate, whatever, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, I've seen this, even from people I know that are from New York or that lived in New York for music reasons, the mm-hmm. surge of New Yorkers coming to, to L.A. Which is crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because New Yorker was the first person to talk madness about L.A. <laughs> right. You know, like yeah. straight up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now, they're, now they have to come here, you know. Well, the industry requires them to. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, it's, every time I'm here, I'm, I start questioning why, do I, why am I living in New York when most of the industry of people I work with, as well as a lot of the artists I work with, right. are all based here. Right. You know, so... And well, the, the scene in New York has changed considerably. I think a lot of because of that too, which which is weird to me because I feel like New York was always on its own thing, in all the genres, all the urban culture for New York. Right. You know, it has its own history, its own legends, its own everything. You know, like so I felt like you know like if we're if they're making moves predicated on what LA is doing, that sounds insane. But then again, it's not what LA is doing; it's what certain people are doing in LA. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, absolutely. And even then, I was telling this to AC. Um, Shout out AC alone. I was telling us the yes. other day. Yeah, there aren't, you know, no L.A. label with the exception of Stone Store, which really isn't an L.A. label if you think about it. No L.A. label really blew up any kind of artist the way you're seeing. Like Flying Lotus was on Warp. That's an overseas label right, with a, right. who's owned by somebody else. Right. You know, right. like if you weren't, if it wasn't about Warp, it's about Ninja, which is an overseas label. Right. You know, like it was never about like this culture making dudes out here rich. You know, yeah, like, yeah, even yeah, when you yeah. think about Peanut Butter Wolf, he's from up north. Mad Lips from Oxnard. Like, right. all those dudes. Even Mind Design, they're from the East Coast. Like, all the dudes right. coming up now, with the exception of Koreatown, out of the East from Koreatown. Sure, you know, sure, like, sure. most of the people on Stone's Throw who are getting money aren't from L.A. Right, right You know, right. even if they represent L.A. to the fullest, that's great. Thank you very much. But you're not from L.A. Right, so, right. when you think about the music and everything, it's like people who are inhabiting the city are coming up hard in the city and right. they're giving more credit to the city. Thank you very much. You know, yeah. but it's like not city exports. Right. You know? I, would, I would say Dame Funk is an exception. Oh, uh, he's an exception to the rule. I don't even mention that dude because yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he has like a, his own, in his own, his own class. Thing. Yeah, and he and he knows it. And like, yeah, he yeah he could, and his situation could have been very different more than once. You know, right. which is why I'm glad he True. has his own label and yes. he's making yeah, sure you know. Zone. Yeah, he's doing his thing. You know, so yeah, yeah. I love the song that you guys did. Never really came out, but um, shout out Marianne Hobbs. Did she put it on the on her whatever playlist, compilation right? she had? Yeah. Dame do, yeah, that yeah, like yeah, yeah whatever yeah. mixed Dame did, she did, she put it on there. Yeah. And like, Experts, yeah, that, that shout out to him and her. Like I'm gonna yeah, be shouting everybody up. out in this 45 yeah, minutes. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Dame hooked it up. Like I was, I was living, in, I just moved back to Germany, and uh-huh. I and I had to go to France for a show like that morning. Like okay. it was due, and I just did the verse in the bathroom and sent it and just went straight to there. No way, really? Yeah, it was crazy. And oh, like so. my computer crashed, so I lost the verse and all kind of stupid stuff. So really? when they wanted to redo it, I had to go find a song and re like try to just. Um, re-notated or whatever it is, you know, and then um, oh, so there's two versions. Too? Yeah, oh. there is, oh, and like Stones were like the OG version better, right. so like they didn't put the new version on his record, which I think switched out anyway. Like, I yeah, think it, didn't, it, it wasn't was, on the record, but I mean, I have I got an MP3 of it from him. I'm not yeah. sure which version of it it is. Probably got the OG version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is yeah, it's just dope to, that you know 
uh, a vocalist like you on a on a with a producer like of that kind of vibe. It just it, it's a makes sense in a way, in a cool no, way. It works. No, I, I mean I'm a fan of what he does. Yeah, yeah. We're both Angelinos. We're both come from like the city, city. You know what I'm saying? True. You know, so I mean, like as much as I'm into like. As, going as far as you can go in the avant-garde world with stuff, you know. Yeah, and you've gone. I mean, you've gone to the outer limits. I've tried, you know. I've tried to go right. where, I could, where I'm allowed to go, you know. <laughs> they let right, me, right. but no, it was still about rapping over some right. game stuff because to right. me that's equally ill. Yeah, you know, oh, for sure. I'm, like, yeah. Not, I wouldn't get a chance to do that normally, and no one's right. going to expect it, you know. Right, so I'm right. like, yeah, let me go do that, you know. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Oxnard too. I know that what didn't like UC Santa Barbara play a pretty big role as far as you yes, the it, early years of you. Yes, it did. And stuff. It the most formative role it could play. Um, after before like on the radio, Pro- before right? Project Load, yeah. Like um, Mum's the word. He um, right, yes. yeah, of course, shout out Mum's the word. You know, yeah, you like got the, you got yeah, the I got a on. Mumford Brewing. Shout out Mumford Brewing. Everything involved <laughs> right, with that. Right. Mind clock, man. Yeah, we're gonna. I, I gotta stop myself. Do it. No, it's all good. Um, so Mums had a show with this dude. Um, he was Todd one then, and he had a show with this oh, dude, wow. um, Zach Twist, and it would be on Fridays. And I was like young; I was like fifteen or something. I'm sneaking right. out of my house every Friday. I, I went from me like recording the show and all of a sudden rap, writing raps at home to sneaking out of my house to go rap on the air and yeah, like be the sad. young dude with a bunch of grown ass men, right, you right. Know? <laughs> like in college so and all. Where, were you, where were you living at that time? I was living in Camarillo, and I was going to school in Oxnard. Okay, so, so okay, so kind of close in that area. Yeah, like yeah. both those places, while they're minutes from each other, they're both 45 minutes from Santa Barbara. Oh, wow. Okay. So if north. So, yeah. I mean, and it was a very funny thing because I could have went 45 minutes that way, which I did, and go there, or right. 45 minutes to L.A. and go to Blows. You know, oh, yeah, like I, I just yeah. I, I picked that because I knew that, and right, I didn't even, right. like, we were, like, L.A. was, like, alien world at the, at the time. Right, you know? right. Excuse me. So, um, yeah, we'd go every weekend. And then um, that, like, Todd, it, like, I would call, well, how I start, I would call and ask for all this underground stuff. And they're like, how do you even, who is this? How do you know what oh, this yeah, is? Like you know? Songs yeah, like, yeah. things I'm hearing elsewhere and hearing about, you know? Right, like, right, and right. I'm like, oh, I heard of this one song by yeah. Abstract Root. Like, how do you know who Abstract Root is? Like, who, who are you, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, like, the first or second time I go to um, UCSB, uh, the first couple times I didn't even get the rap. I, I would get there too late. Okay. You know, so then I would just go kick it and just just yeah. talk and be like a little fan dude, like you know? In the in the, in studio. the studio, yeah. Right, right, right. And like I would always get there while Mad Lib and all the CDP were leaving. I'd always see them drive off as we're driving up. There uh, was like a group full of dudes, like you see oh no, right. all these full right. the claim, all these dudes. It was funny as hell. I didn't meet them for a minute. And um like Todd happened to have a copy of the Project Blow tape, and I had just heard oh, Strength exactly. of ATU like a week ago. Oh, incredible! And, yeah, incredible and, song too. Oh, dude! And like, imagine if you hear it back then, like '94 or whatever it is, your brain is out. yeah, your brain is blown out. So if you're, especially if you're a little kid. So um, he had that. He sent me like a demo, like during the summertime of that, that on one side. The B side was all the CDP demos. Oh, dope. So, like, it was like when Metaphor and Ono were a group called Ships of Kidum, and, like, Metaphor was making all the beats. Interesting. You know, Ono yeah. wasn't even making beats yet. He didn't right. care, you know? Yeah. Well, he knew how. He just didn't care. When, right. like, Dudley, when Dudley Perkins was declaimed, you know, yep. when, like, yep. Can't Kick was in the crew. Yeah. On his way out before they made Funk Farm with him and Babu and all those dudes. Right. Like, so it, this is even before the Good um, Vibe records. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, like, like Good Vibe, years. I think. Right, like, Animal Farm was the only record that came out right. on Good Vibe yes. at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, like, the Kraken. That was yeah, the shit. Kraken, yeah, you know, yeah. and, like, maybe, like, no. Oh, it was before Medusa's record. Yeah, this is early, early, early. DJ Frame, that was another right, early one. Right, right, yeah. Frame's record. Um, who else? Uh, Panda's record, Panda One yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, was in, he was in Animal Farm. Yeah, right? yeah, he was like, yeah, I think he was one of the main dudes from Good Vibe on the, uh, you know, on the right. lower. So I don't know, I don't know. But that's, yeah, yeah we know yeah, we yeah. know what time it was. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Interesting. So I did a um, conversation several months back with 
uh, lexicon. Oh shit! Oh yeah. yeah. What's are, up? Shout out, get a Nick, of course. Yes. Yeah. Oka, Oka Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. Who are part of that that scene too? Right. You know, That's how I met them. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Straight up. Yeah. Um, Library crew. Yeah. So <laughs> that was like, what was that exactly? That was just a, a bunch of different uh, yeah, was, rappers in one yeah, collective, I, right? Yeah. It was um, me, me and the DJs with we were number crunchers. Um, Who's that DJ? DJ Memorex. Okay. He doesn't. He's not really active like that anymore. Right, but right, he was, right. you know, a dude back then. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Lyric Lunatics was this dude Premonition, uh, who also went with me to Workforce later on when we did that. Um, oh, yeah, Workforce. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing. It was it was Premonition. Three other dudes. You know, like I can name their names or not. It's cool. Right. You know, right, right. Uh, <laughs> no diss to them, but they won't listen to this. They won't yeah, hear this. I got you. I got you. Then it was Lexicon with you know those, yeah. like Gid and Nick and their brother. I mean, their DJ Mucho. Okay. And okay. then um. That's yeah. That was originally there was I was in this group called Erector Set with, with this dude Scrib, rest in peace Scrib, because okay. he's a dude who taught me how to make beats like oh, like wow. sit down and like use like the operating system of the Insonic or the operating system of the wow. you know okay. like. So I mean, um, but he yeah he eventually left or whatever. So yeah, that was Library Crew and right. um yeah we um yeah we were, we were doing stuff, but like it wasn't until we all moved to L.A. that we started being more active. You know, because right. I got active in the blood scene. Lexicon, they they followed suit, but they weren't really like that. You know what I'm saying? They weren't. Yeah. That wasn't their thing. Yeah, you know? stylistically, they were obviously different, and they kind of went a different route as far as the, uh, being uh, embraced by like this yeah, spy tech. And well, that, that's the thing. They came out over there. Like, um, right. I'm sorry, they came out over there. Originally, we were all embraced by everybody, and right. it was like back then, it was like white slavery was real. Right, like if right, you're right. In a, a rap crew and you have some white dudes in your rap crew, uh-huh. like fools, like jocked you. It was like that was like a valuable, like a viable thing. Like, like <laughs> right. I remember it's not. Right, like really? it was crazy. Like okay, so <laughs> I remember otherwise came up to me. It was like the, the first underground super fest, right. and we had rocked. And I, and like I think Where was I, that? this um, it was I think in uh. It was all over through LA. There was okay. part at Blode. It was down in Linwood. It was like oh, okay. in, so multiple, yeah, spots. multiple spots. Okay. And um, we had rocked or whatever, and all of us had rapped. You know, like at first it was me, just me doing a song, and then everybody backing me up. But all of us had rapped, and then me and Nick were like always battle buddies where we go out and like you know if people trying to because we both look like dudes who weren't supposed to be rapping. Right. So if people try to get at us, we both go at them. You know, right, right. and um and and that homie premonition too. But like me and Nick go out more. And then, um, so, like, we finished our set or whatever, we got off the stage, and then dudes were like, you know, otherwise comes up, he's like, oh, man, you got some white, some tight white dudes in your crew. You got some <laughs> and he's in Black Forest at the time with Elemento. Right, so that right. was, like, a compliment. Like, he's like, you know, you, right. you got these dudes. Cause, and then there was legends, but we didn't know what Grouch and Eli were at all. Yeah. But no right, one knew right. no that they, what they looked like. Not, yeah. No, I mean, and even when you looked at them, they didn't look like... Oh, that's... Yeah, you they looked like, Yeah, we thought Grouch was like an aquatic dude, like Merman or some <laughs> shit. He, like, looked very, like, different than... <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and Eli was, could have been Egyptian or some shit. We, right, didn't, right. we had no yeah. idea. Yeah, they're kind of culturally ambiguous. <laughs> right. Know, but, yeah. And, they don't, and then, like, where the... Um, there's a whole thing. Now it doesn't even matter, it doesn't even matter but right. back then there was a whole thing about, like, you know... How much you were in, like you know, the word, the wigger word hadn't really popped up, you know, right. but it was definitely like you could see and t- tell where a dude was from as far as the city goes. Oh, and sure, if you listen, to, if you listen to Lexicon's records, you know exactly what they were doing. Right, like you could right, listen right. to these dudes and know how they, and they know how they looked, you know. And that was sure. so yeah. it's all more testament to their skill at rapping that yeah, like yeah. lets them like move as rappers, you know, because they right, weren't right, sounding right. like no rappers. Grouch and Eli sound like fucking 
LP too. These two sound like they could have been like of color of whatever style, you know. Yeah, yeah, Just definitely. based on your interpretation of rap music and uh, what you think of it over the years, you're like, oh, yeah, these fools yeah. gotta be black. These fools gotta be this and that. Right, so when you right. see LPs like this redhead, you see Eli right. Nashowitz and he's this other dude. You see fucking right. gr- Grouch being this other. You're like, oh shit, oh oh yeah, oh, you know, because yeah. your whole interpretation of this quote unquote urban culture shit is turned around. Yeah, exactly. Because urban yeah. isn't race, you know. No, 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 and especially like in in hip hop in particular, I think of that period of time it was. In the underground, quote unquote, underground too, it was it was a lot more uh, diverse than than I think the um, than we even give it credit. To, oh, dude, you know? yeah, that's the yeah. best way you could say it because it, it was like there was a bunch of white dudes rapping, there was a bunch of women rapping, there was a bunch of Asians rapping. It didn't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. matter. Yeah. You know, people like you know Chicano, whatever it was, you know, yeah, like it, it was everybody who belonged. You know, you felt like right. you belonged, that you just wanted to be tight. Yeah, you know, yeah. you had to be tight, like slant, slant, or shout out Ted oh, Sean, yes, yes. dude. That motherfucker is a mystery and a legend. Like people talk, oh, I mean, come on, like where he, where, how he, where he started and what he's doing now. now? I'm saying, yeah, you can't like the average person doesn't even know what Ted is doing right now. Ted's yeah. like been running Stampede Management for a minute, so he's managing right. fucking Snoop, YG, all kind of motherfuckers. Yeah, and he came out of that same scene. He came yeah. out of blow. This fool came off a of Friday, like the uh, the Friday freestyles or whatever freestyle Fridays, whatever the fuck it was. Or no, I think it was not even that. I think it was like the early morning battles. I was like a kid in high school. Okay. And like Power 106, which is one of the main stations out here at right. the time, they would have this, um, the Baker Boys, who were the, um, they had the, like the morning mix show or whatever, they would have this thing where fools would call in a freestyle. Oh, on the and, phone. Yeah, and like okay. a battle. Right. Slant won for fucking weeks. Really? Every day, for weeks. He had to retire the motherfucker. He was winning oh, all the wild. time. Wow. Like, it was annoying. This fool, yeah. And then, he, like, when you met Onomatopoeia, or you saw Cali 9, if you were lucky enough to do that back in the day, these dudes were cocky, right. like cocky, cocky. Like they knew, like they were talking shit to the crowd. They're talking shit, yeah. like you know, they're just they're on stage, just like we, we know we could beat you. You know, we know we right. can serve. Just like watching dudes play basketball who know they're good at basketball, right. and you right. don't right. you don't exactly. even want to play these motherfuckers. Like, Fuck right. these dudes, you know that <laughs> that's how all of them were. Like right. all of them, like it was like what was that? And Cali Nine's a crew. No one talks about that. Was super ill. Yeah. So for people that are listening that might not know the makeup of that group, who were the who were the members? Of it group? was Slant, um, Slant, Pazuzu, and Vixen. They were brother and sister. That was and that That's also right. was Onomatopoeia. Basic MC from Living Legends, uh, Merce for a quick second, Kinky Red, um, who is. is in not around with us anymore. He's not. I'm not he's not. Hasn't passed on. But he, you just aren't going to see him in real life. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and also, who else? Ora, shout out Ora, who's also who's been in many different things, like uh-huh. from global global flotations to X Clan as of late. You know, he's an OG oh, blowhead. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, he was. He, I think he was the last member. And oh, and himself, himself. Oh, um, yeah, sp- okay. yeah, that that dude. Um, yeah, a lot of um, wildly talented MCs in that. Yeah, and then also, what's that dude's name? Fuck, I forget his name right now. Um. Fame, famous. Oh shit, famous. Oh, I'm not hip to him. Famous, dude. You only heard him rap once on some shit. He's on beneath oh. the surface, oh, like really? the OG okay. version. Yeah. Famous is the ill white dude that no one knows about. Oh, he wow. was from Blood. He was an ill dude. He like he was wow. in, be- in between. Like he was already out the game, like being like trying to be a minister or some shit, from what I understand, or something oh, like wow. that. Like he was famous. The shit. Famous tight as hell. I gotta yeah. go back to the compilation. And listen to that because I don't. Uh, yeah, that, that's just his one. It's all surveillance. Thing. Yeah, with um, it's with him, otherwise, and a couple other people. Oh, and everybody yeah. was trying to get wise, and I mean, wise, wise was like the number one free agent at the time. That's a whole. Right, that's right. A, we're getting into the tangent for ladies and gentlemen of the secret people who are in LA underground rap preferably project blow so I, I, I gotta watch how I talk cause I'll cut off like a whole line of logic well there's so else. many pieces to the puzzle so many you know? so but many for the, yeah. for the casual fan or the people that just have the, the CDs and the tapes of that era 
they don't necessarily understand the the breadth of the story. I nah. mean, it goes so deep. I mean, and you're like there from the very beginning. Yeah, or like well, well, in, like not necessarily the beginning, no, but at the no a year in the blow being around. Like inside yeah. of a year in the blow being around, that's yeah. when I got. And yeah. I was rapping at the one year anniversary and stuff. Oh, definitely. Like I um I got down with those dudes like ninety six okay. probably ninety yeah like as subtitle yeah so I mean, that's always been the name yeah, yeah. and it, and then um what ended up happening. I um, originally was like gonna go work for dudes, like like, and I was um I was doing PR stuff. Like I wrote AC's press release for Book Human Language. Dope, that was like really? the first real job I had, like that. You Incredible. know, like yeah. it was crazy. You know, like and I did a few other things too. Like and then I ended up just kicking it. You know, as just a young dude trying to be around it. And right. then that's why I ended up getting embraced on the music side. I was already gonna go make music. They didn't even know I was trying to rap as aggressively as I was. They were like, oh, oh shit, like what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but like. Once I got embraced by all those dudes, which is why I wanted the whole time, you know, right, right. then I just kind of went, like, oh, I'm from Project Glow. I like to win full tilt with that, as you should, you know, right, like, fucking, right. that's why would you not want to rep that shit? <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. That's what I find interesting with your career, too, is that, like, there's a lot of different associations. It's not yeah. just uh, Project Glow. It's nah. not just uh, the stuff with with Mums a Word, that nice. kind of that library yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, weekend, uh, weekend, science, weekend Science Experiment. Right, right. Yeah, we did a couple records. I mean, all these things kind of, like, led to each other, like, the, um... So what really set it off first for you, release-wise? Uh, Weekend Science Experiment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I dropped this tape called How to Beat the Beat. That was my, my oh, okay. own, that was the first thing I dropped in 98, and that set me off on some underground stuff, because I made the beats myself, and I rapped oh, on it. I've like, never you know, heard that. I gotta hear that. Yeah, that was, like, the first thing, like, I did some, like, the first show I did with Radio Inactive. Yeah. Like, um... Me and Life Rexall from Shapeshifters got a, had a song we did. Right. You know, like Rob wanted to put on one of his, his West Coast Indies mixtape. You know, rest in peace. Yes. Um, like that kind of put me like, oh, this dude is out here. And it was like a time putting out tapes when there weren't a lot of tapes. There were right. probably 50 underground tapes total for right. America right. at the time. You yeah. know, so yeah. this was one of the 50, one of 15 out of LA. You know, so right. that kind of right. helps you just by proxy. You come up. You know. Right, right, right. I mean, and it was it was decent. You know, that was like it's not like it was just a tape. You know, <laughs> there was well, actually stuff to listen to on there, but no, but you know, right. Well, as it being the very first thing, of course, it's, it's going to sound like the very first thing. Yeah, exactly, you know, and it, it definitely did have its growing pains on there when I go back and listen to it now, you know. Well, yeah, but, I mean, what, uh, that was like over 20 years ago. Yeah, take, right? like straight up, you know. Yeah. So, but that led to, um, you know, me and um, Todd linked back up when Todd moved to L.A., then we ended up doing a, a couple, um, we, we did a Weekend Time Experiment record in like 99, then another one in 2001. Okay. And then... Um, like, I would do a bunch of underground stuff in between that. And, uh, like, almost like a banishing ritual. Like, we do a straight record. Like, where I mean, when I mean straight records, I mean, I use that term a lot. Like, records that don't, aren't weird. Like, just right. a straight up, like, I'm rapping, ba ba ba, A, B, A, B, K, and the right. beats, eight bars, 16, eight, six. Not nothing, not nothing new, you know? Yeah. So I would do a straight record, lose my fucking mind, and have to go do a weird record, you know, right, every right, single right. time. So, um, what ended up happening was that, like, uh, I gave a stack of stuff. So, no, I ended up really getting into this label, GSL, Gold Standard Labs. Yes, incredible and, um, label. Yeah, that was, like, my, my shit. as far Because all the rock stuff that was coming out, I've always been a fan. You know, like, I'd never heard nothing like this before. And yeah, even so it was Sonny K, right? Yeah. And Omar. Yep, Sonny. Yeah. But Sonny, Sonny founded it originally, and Omar got in later on. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, you know, like, just because he wanted to see it keep going, because it was in danger of not going like that. And then um, he had got involved like they they had just stopped at the drive-in but you right. know it just, or him and Cedric left and they were just doing the facto and their own thing which and was an incredible group it, yeah it was those great two, those two records 
that they put out. They put out two or yeah, three like yeah, EPs, like, right? Yeah, no, it's like two two EPs in a full length. Yeah, yeah. Or, um, yeah pink vinyl one is like a classic. Right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you I know can't. What I'm talking about? Yeah, I know which one you're talking I about. Can't pronounce not, any of the song not, titles. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to. Yeah, that was that's Jeremy. He's like rest in peace, Jeremy and Ike. Like like that was yes, all those dudes. Yes, Ike Owens, you know? man. Oh yeah, man. and then um yeah like like. Yeah, Jeremy Ward was a man too. Like that was the dude. Yeah, I didn't know him. Yeah, Jeremy was a dude. You never saw him on stage. Like in fact, though, he was on stage sometimes playing the um, melodic with Ike, right, right. but he was doing all the dub stuff. So in cool. Mars Volta, he was always he was there like Lee Scratch. Yeah, like while yeah. if you ever went to an early, early, early Mars Volta show, right. like all the effects on shit, he's in the back just doing it live. Like his, oh, he's cool. like a big ass table and he's just running all the effects stuff. Like that's so dope. Like yeah. that's how like Davius and I learned really how to like do a bunch of extra stuff for sets. Watching Jeremy when we first went on tour with them. That that yeah. fast forward. Um, uh, a, dude, a friend of mine is named Chris Athwell, who was in this band, The Moving Units, at the time. Oh, yeah. He, um, he and I, I worked with him at Aaron's Records when Aaron's was around. Yeah. And, um, is that he, institution? Yes, it is. Rest in peace. Yeah. He uh, ended up giving, like, he heard, like, he had heard me do some bootleg remixes of some Locust stuff and whatever else and was tripping really? and told Sonny about it. So Sonny was like, oh, shit, you know, I want to just meet this dude. So you were sampling the Locust and just yeah, chopping, just chopping it, up. it up and, like, fucking it up and stuff. Oh. Like, like, the way I thought that it was, you know, kind of right. thing. And, right. other, and other stuff, like Chick, Chick, Chick and a few other cool. bands, you know, yeah. that were like that. And so um, then I ended up meeting up with Sonny and, like, we just, like, would chop it up. He just wanted, you know, I'm over here like, oh, shit, I'm about to meet the dude. Let me give him some yeah. records. He just, right. I just want to meet this rap fool who likes this GSL shit. Who is right. this dude, you know? Right. Right. Like, and I was trying to work for GSL. Like, all this time I've always wanted to work in the industry. It was never right. about making music like I do. Like, right. that right. happened by accident. Right. You know, okay. like, um... Even with the Project Blow shit, the theme has always been working in the industry for me. And right, I right. ended up coming up the other way. You know, it was never about being yeah. famous. Like, I wasn't making music what to be famous. Was about, so it was about trying to find artists and release other people, help release yeah, other people. Yeah, just eventually have, yeah, be, have a label and be, yeah, be a curator of that, right. whatever that is, you know? Sure. And um, so, like, yes, yeah, um, like, Sonny ends up getting a hold of this music through Chris. And then he put, like, puts Omar up on it, Omar's tripping. I end up going, I'm at the smell one day. Or one night, and Omar just comes up to me and my girl at the time is like, "Oh man, yeah, you're you're, you're subtitled." You know, he just knew who I was, and then right. my girl who was like, "I have the driving fans like about to fall out." She's like, "What? Oh, how do you know? How, you like what? You know, you like kind of thing." Like, yeah, yeah. And he gave me the best A and R advice I ever got. He's like, "Man, I heard all your, uh, you know, I heard all your stuff. I heard the weekends. You know, we like the weekend like studio stuff, weekend sound experiment, all that stuff. Wow, cool. But we really like your underground stuff. Right. So if you can make an underground record that sounds like a studio record, we'll put it out." I'm like, "Oh shit, it's on." You know, yeah. like that. No one ever said that before. You know, yeah, everybody was incredible. always, yeah, they're always complaining about it being the sound being weird because it's a four track album or right. something having to do with it being some juvenile thing that no one looked at it as like a demo or just you doing this or that you know sure well that's the kind of maybe like a more closed minded hip hop traditional hip hop kind of uh, uh, world view in a way you know straight uh, up yeah so to be able to do exist in both is not everyone can do that type of shit do some more in the pocket hip hop stuff that, yeah yeah and then also you know go do go the, the GSL yeah, route, which is heavy well, uh, you know. That for me, that was what I was looking for, though. Like it, it was like I, was, I mean, I was hanging out with the shapeshifter dudes, but up to, at right. that point a lot, you know. Like um, I was hanging out with a bunch of people, you know. But and it was like I just wanted to be around some people who are into like furthering the sound, you right. know. Like because I heard the sound being furthered everywhere else. I remember hearing Boards of Canada like in 2000 and just getting so mad. So I'm like, you know, why the fuck are we rapping over this shit? Like, I was I super mean, mad. Like, I super know. I've, I've always wondered why, why you know, people haven't. There hasn't been more of a merging. I know those guys are pretty elusive. Well, yeah. I mean, choosy, and, and, yeah. I mean, even then, it's like we weren't. Yeah, I'm talking about when I say we. I'm talking about a, as a, a group of MCs around in that yeah, co community. Yeah, community. We weren't even up on this sound. 
Right. So I'm like, man, let me. How come we aren't freestyling over these instrumentals? Yeah. I don't know who the fuck produced Tribe by Twelve, and I've rapped over that shit one thousand times. <laughs> right. You know, why aren't we rapping over fucking Arch Carrier by Attacker or fucking any Boards of Canada song, any of that yeah. shit? I mean, I eventually did all that. Yeah. You know, like, but I'm like, why aren't we doing this now? You know. Right. Right. And like, that was my big thing. I'm like, we can. I mean, these styles they only go so fucking far with these basic ass beats. You of know, course. we yeah, can go super limiting. Right. Yeah. You know, and like we know them all. You know, we know all the styles. Yeah. This, like the Dead Prez is bigger than hip hop shit. Come on, we know exactly how to rap over this. Right. There's right. only two or three styles. You can do, you know, well, right now. Tribe by Twelve is a great example because that yeah. beat has been driven into the psyches of hip hop heads for too long. Every every time there was a way for an instrumental beat, it's like okay, I live in Long Beach right now, and a day does not go by in Long Beach where I don't see somebody wearing some kind of Long Beach garment, like some right. gear that's favorite. I don't know where the fuck you buy this shit. Like it's, <laughs> right, I'm talking right. about the homeless people, like the most right. blown out, deficit person that has a Long Beach hoodie, hoodie on or sweatsuit or some shit. I don't know where <laughs> right. it comes from. That's a Tribe by 12 beat to me. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> a a sure. day couldn't pass without that shit coming out of some speaker somewhere. Right. You know, right. if you were li- if you lived a hip-hop life in your mind, right. everywhere you were going was going to play that shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, everywhere. It's yeah. like everywhere. Everywhere. And, and then somewhere else, you could go to church, you would hear that shit. You know, <laughs> right, like, right, you right, could right. be in the toilet. You could be in the fucking sewer next to Ninja Turtles. <laughs> one of them will play that shit. <laughs> everywhere. You know, like, yeah, that's and, hilarious. and these Flatbush Project did not make a gang of fucking money. You would right, think these right. motherfuckers would be rich billionaires with a career off of that song. That was a true yeah. one hit. Oh, big time, yeah. You know, like, even the records they did after that, no one, no one you can name flying, another, uh, nope. Um, he's, uh, um, <laughs> The group's name. East Flatbush Project. Yes. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can barely say it. You live yeah, in New York. You yeah. can't, you can't. I, know Spen- I know Spencer Bellamy was the producer. Yeah, that yeah, I can yeah, say. yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. Say, and, uh, but, yeah. Yeah, no shots, though. I mean, it is what it is. No, uh, there's not a diss, dude. Yeah, shout yeah, shout yeah. out to East, Fly- East Flatbush Project. You guys made a legendary fucking song. Right. If, yes. you hear, if any of you dudes hear this, thank you. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry because we, we, they got burnt out. Shit. They're probably uh, uh, annoyed by that, too. You guys are probably balling off of that shit in streams, though. Yeah. I hope so. I, I genuinely <laughs> hope so. So, okay. So back to the thing. Um, yeah, I, do, I, do, I just don't know why none of us really um, got it. Like, really got into that sound. Like, I mean, they're the people right. who are into like a bus driver. You know, right. he was clearly into like doing next like different things. But um, you know, like there are other people too. Like with Merce, you know, when he got on Def right. I thought he was going to do a record with LP production. I was so happy to hear the idea of that. You know, because I'm yeah. like, oh, finally he's going to rap over some ill shit again. Yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah, fucking yeah. his like commercial or something yeah. was. You know, yeah. commercial was just that. Too. Yeah. yeah, raw. Just raw. raw shit. And yeah. like that that was the thing I felt like you know on a on a kind of another level, but not really. That's the thing I felt like you know we were all missing, like. You know, we're from the streets. I was saying to Stacey yesterday, people, like, they, they get intellectual confused with some other shit, you know, like rich or whatever. They're forgetting that we're from the, from the streets doing this shit. It's, you yeah. know, it's an alternative to other things, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, like, we, I mean, the music's raw, the music's ill and all that kind of stuff, but you have to know it's, like, where it comes from so you understand how far it's gone, how far it's gone or how far it's come and how far it has to go, you know? Right, 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 for so, sure. So I felt like, yeah, like, we needed to push the envelope a lot. And, like, doing the shit with the yeah, GS... Let's, let's pause this real quick. Yeah, okay, yeah we're going to press... I mean, what I'd love to know is just um, what that process of actually making the album, the, the project you did on GSL. All right, for um, sure. Um, because it was kind of an unusual thing for an MC and at that yeah. time and Mars Volta. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's ahead um, of its time. You know, well, well, I mean, it happened. It was, it, I mean, I hate using the word organic, but it was organic as hell. Right. Um, like, I had a little bit of equipment at the time. People were very generous and let me borrow shit, you know, right. extended, whatever. And then um, I got, like, a very small advance from GSL. Not even trying to make it a problem. I got an advance, which is great. But it wasn't like, right. you know, people were getting money back then. You know, yeah. so in comparison, this wasn't a gang of money. But it was more than people are getting now, so there you go. Yeah, I went straight to making a studio and getting a studio with the gear. Oh, so building I, one now? Yeah, so I went and bought, like, a um, G3 
And like um, another thing that's note to note, me and Thavius back all both got our like little deals at the same time. Like he got on Mush around the same time I got on GSL. Right. Like um, so we we're both figuring out shit, buying gear and all that kind of shit, this, and hanging out a bunch at the same time too. Right. Um, even though we knew each other before, we were kicking it more. Then we both worked at Amoeba. It just you know it, it was serendipitous. So um, yeah, and I want to talk about Amoeba after we're done with this real quick because mm-hmm. I think it's a big part of like your identity in LA. Oh yeah, no, it, it, how people for, are for, for, for years it was for years, like years and years. Um, not so much anymore, which is good. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I went and bought a bunch of gear. Like I bought, I rebuilt a G3 Apple out of a pawn shop. I fucking went and bought all the parts on the inside, and then through that, I met some dude who sold me a Pro Tools rig for like 500 bucks. You know, when that was like the right. Digi Design, the 001 when that dropped. So that basically gave me a, a studio. You know, I already had a, a couple samplers and things like that. Um, so I just, you know, it was, I just had equipment. I bought a mic, like a, a good mic and a good preamp and shit, mm-hmm. or a decent pre, uh, two preamp, you know, just to get it going. Yep. And it was the first time I had all this kind of stuff. But I'd been using it anyway and learned how to use it for, like, the last couple of years on other people's rigs. So when I got my shit, I was ready, you know. And then that also coincided with me moving in um, to a pad with all these two mechs and D-Ski. You know, and that kind of became like this whole scene. We had called it LA to, LA to the Bay. That was like a website too. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, it was like pretty influential website for the time. For yeah, which which ended up that way because that was another one of those things where it's like, here's we're all at this house. We all have records. You know, this this is the hub. We're gonna all sell them now. You yeah, know, you guys are three really prolific people too, it, as far as like just creating, turning out shit. Yeah. yeah, and then we're I mean, and this was in a time when it's like you had all the shifters and like seven cents, and then we're making music. Right. Um, yeah, but like makes, making and selling music. Yeah, but bus driver was around. He was doing his thing. Shit, brother Jay was around. Right. You know, like all kind of dudes were around. You know, this, like this is like what, this is early two thousand, mid two thousand, yeah, early two thousand. So this is two thousand um, two, three, like yeah. two, two, two to five. Let's this put it that way. Like uh, Mean Street was around yeah it was at the end right at the end of that yeah. shit because used to write a lot for that magazine the magazine was cool the dude who owned it um i'm not going to go into names and shit yeah, for yeah, those yeah. dudes because i'm not even trying to do that like right. those dudes like did unscrupulous business apparently okay or they had bad bad um bad uh bad administration so they kind of you know made themselves a problem in the city but i mean they did a lot for putting out records they put a lot of dope records out before it was a problem yeah you yeah. know like straight oh, yeah. up and they yeah yeah um, whatever well, i got to jog my memory but yeah, like, yeah. no i put out like a peace record a wall record uh ad-lib's first record when it was ad-lib oh yeah southern fried oh. chicken they did that. yeah that, that peace one yeah exactly they, they put out a bunch of shit you yeah, know like yeah. shifters like they put out a bunch yeah, of stuff yeah um yeah so uh yeah we all lived together or whatever and so I had my room, I had my little bedroom set up and shit going. Right. And um, yeah, like I would like borrow gear from people like Daedalus, let me use his micro cork for fucking like three months, but he probably only intended to be one month. So sorry, Daedalus. Uh-huh. Love you, man. Shout out. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like, and, and there's stuff of that nature. Like, I remember Eclipse from Darkleaf, I had his NPC 64 minute, you know, I'm using that yeah. shit. You know, just anything, just dumping everything into the computer, like the yeah. computer was the sampler, you know? Yeah, yeah. And just chopping up shit. And, like, kind of, like, the whole time still trying to figure out what IDM dudes did. Not, yeah. you know, because I still didn't understand how, their whole zone of editing and all that kind of so, shit, so you know? That I was, was, like, the height of that genre. Too. Yeah, and I'm, it, like, the, and I'm bumping all those records. I'm bumping, like, the Warp shit, the Merc shit. The Merc is a label no one's even heard about like, in this day and age. Um, all the plug research shit that's dropping. Oh, yeah. You know, like, fucking all this stuff. You know, I'm just bumping all this. And I'm just, like, how are these dudes doing all this editing? Like, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at a fucking workstation. I'm like, I don't know how the fuck to make this sound like that, you know? Right, right, right. And then Pro Tools was the thing I got to go in and start chopping waves up and doing yeah. stuff. So a lot of my early sound was just through literal trial and error. Yeah. You know, and, like, fucking, when it came to um, Young Dangerous Heart, 
Like I did uh, first. I'm getting ahead of myself. I did. I'm always I'm always recovering from tomorrow. That was the first EP on GSL. Coincidentally oh. enough, I produced some of that over at the Blow Studios, and AC and them like passed on that shit. They're like, oh, come back. This is some other shit. Come back here when you got some normal shit, you know. Okay. And so I go fucking like turn this. In, I, I turn this into the GSL EP, and, and there that is, you know. Right. Now that happened. That happened again when I was working on Young Dangerous Heart. I produced the whole thing, the first the first version. Right. And I go play it for Sonny, and those dudes, and Sonny was just like, you know, like, we need some other shit. We can't really fuck with this whole thing. And I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm butthurt at the time, because I'm like, this, you know, you just fucked with this other EP, and it was fire. You know, like, like in my mind, I'm saying, you know, thank yeah, you, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, but then, um, he, you know, he wants me to redo it, you know, and I'm like, you know, he did, like, okay, I'm gonna fucking redo it. You know, and what I, I'm like, I'm gonna still produce 25% of this fucking record, you know, like, like literally five songs out of 20 songs, I'm making five. I don't give a fuck what you say, you know, or if not, if out of 15, I'm making five. I don't yeah, care, you I know? Got you. Yeah. So I do that on the low, you know, I made sure I made the B side of the singles and shit. Like, I, like, I, like, yeah. like, you know, but then I go pick all these dudes, you know, like, God bless them, alias bless me with two fucking beats, you know, that was, that's you know, right. that's right. and I, I, got, I got to use one, like, I love you, bro, rest in peace, you know, like, yeah. fucking, um, Omid hit me with the fucking single. You know, like Davies hit me with another song that was amazing. Um, he, we, we, we did a couple songs for that record, but um, the Cray Crazy song, them going on other shit, and that's the song that AC and um, Bus got on, you know? That, I mean, even how that song went down, Bus came with like eight bars or some shit. We were like, this is a fucking diss. You know, because like, you know, dudes, you know, you know about the Hot 16, like Bus just came and kicked, a, a ver- kicked some shit. You know, and I was like, oh, fuck you, fool. I'm going to make this a hook. And then, like, and I call AC, AC comes in, like, evens it out, you know, and like yeah. Davies got on it too. You know, so. And then what Buzz does afterwards is he comes on for a posse cut song. Here's more trivia for you. I had this posse cut song that just grew like it was. It just grew out of nowhere, like 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 a turd off of fishes behind kind of. Thing. It just kept growing. Like it was like it what started was the title again? Uh, crew cut. Okay. That, yeah, crew cut for sale. That was a funny song. And it was like it started with no can. Then I followed no can. Then whoever followed me followed me. Then and everybody, every MC that was around in our house would hear yeah. the song, want to get on it. Like fuck that, let me on that shit. Like yeah. so it was like like. Lucky I am is writing his verse. Then AWOL is walking by the room like, what the fuck? Let me get on that shit. And AWOL has a right. verse. And then fucking Existero comes out. Oh, man, I can't not be on this song. He writes right, this shit, right. you know. And this is going down a list to where Merce ends up on the fucking song. Right. He comes to my house like 2 in the morning with like a girl. He had a rap book with him. Okay. Now, if you know Merce, he does not write raps. Right. Like what he does is sit around and memorize a rap because that's yeah. his shit like Jay-Z and Biggie. So if right. I have a rap, he's like, man, look, I wrote a rap. I was like, oh, shit, fool. Like, you just fucking right. came and paid me some money. So he does his fucking verse. Right. And like, so everybody's on this song. And Bus wants to get on it, you know. He's like, "Man, you got all, you got the homies on here." And I'm, I did not want to put him on this song because him and Merce have fucking beef, okay. you know. And like, I like Bus is my dude. I love Bus, but I wasn't as cool with Bus at the time as I was with Merce. Merce like knows right. my family, but he knows like my background. It was a different thing, you right, know. Right, right. And I, but Bus, like, you know, put out the Lab Waste record, so you know, I felt like I'm like, "Fuck, I'm torn." You know, okay, man, I'll let you get the last verse on this shit. You know, like how they're like, "Fuck," you know, like I'm knowing I'm fucking up, you know. Right. So this will roast me all verse long. Like, like his verses are roast. Like, he's clowning me. Like, fucking, really? yeah, asshole. His fucking verses are roast. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then Merce gets mad as fuck because his fool's on his songs. Like, right. you know, like, and then we and him didn't talk for like four years, five oh, years wow. over that shit. Over that. Over wow. that. I was really sad because I do, like, you know, he, as an, as an influential dude, he meant a lot to me as a dude. He still does. Yeah. You know, he taught me a lot. So I felt like that was like, I'm like, I, I just cost a real friend over a, a dance verse, you know, kind of like I was heated back then. That right. was some shit. So, um, Damn. Yeah, that that record, yeah, yeah, like if you can hear, if you get the the, the um, theme, that record happened like organically. It just yeah, happened, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And like, 
I got beats from other people and shit, but, you know, I was trying to get beats that closely approximated what I probably would make for the record. Right, right. You know, so, I mean, like, and then when I turned it in, I had this other, whole other record, you know? So, I, um, in the time it takes, you know, records to come out, like, back, then you turn the record sure. and it ain't yeah. coming out for a while. Yeah. I put out underground shit, and um, coincidentally, I'm at Amoeba standing around, some guy comes in he's like well, where's all your subtitle stuff like this older white dude right and I'm like uh -huh. who, who is this man you know like I'm, I'm like you must not know that I'm subtitled so I'm just gonna right. hand this all to you you know and so he goes if I, you know, I go hand him this shit and he's like yeah let me get it all I'm like I'm, I'm, here you go wow, okay. <laughs> and then fucking come to find out somebody just from some other section hey man have you seen, have you seen this, review, this review about you I'm like what are you talking about and then the fucking New York Times this motherfucker was a writer for the Times and just wrote the ill blurb about me and shit Whoa, and about okay. the new he had heard about the GSL shit yeah, yeah. and he got that but then he heard the underground shit he's like oh no like you need to fuck with all of this you yeah. know it's not easy listening but if you're gonna fucking get the GSL thing because there's a new record he put record in quotations so on the strength of that that dude the, bought he, he bought everything on the strength of the EP not even the full length yet right right so he, he was telling all these dudes like go bump fucking um, all the weird records so the, like Lost Love Stays Lost was the record that would have been Young Dangerous Heart right. and then fucking people just end up getting that and because of that then Herb Magazine the dude Scott Sterling what's up man I don't know where you are come, right. he, he was the editor at the time comes in and like fucking buys some subtitle shit and then right. next thing you know I'm getting a phone call about being the next 100 and they're right. interviewing yes. me at the house yeah. and shit you know yeah. and I'm like oh shit this is, this is how it goes down you yeah. know it's starting to move yeah like yeah. things are starting to happen so, but it, it was like literally like just out of, out of nowhere yeah you know kind of thing you know right. so and then fucking after, then the, the GSL record I, I came out and that coincided with me just being on my way out of fucking Amoeba like I'm out you know right, right, like right. the day it dropped was like the last day I saw Dilla which was crazy Oh you wow! Know, yeah, well, I, oh yeah, that was a, that was a heavy moment. Um, like fucking, I'll tell that story real quick. Yeah, please. Because um, back in the day, like the hip hop section used to be popping. You would see yeah. every motherfucker in there, like right. all, all the rappers. And um, you could come up on a lot of records back then. Too, yeah. You know, oh, cheap. sick. Dollar yeah. records were yeah. always all, yeah. always fire. Yeah, because yeah. promo shit and whatever. Yeah, you know, people were just letting shit drop because it was like an embarrassment of riches. We had too much. It was like if you if you're a, a thrifter and you shop at Goodwill. Or you're a thrifter, you shop in the bins in the back, no matter right. what, you're going to come up. You know, yeah. like, some ways, some harder than others, but you'll come up. So anyway, um, yeah, like, the, I'm at work one day, like, it's my last, like, second to last day or something, right. I don't even know. And I see Dilla coming through, and I already knew him by that point. You know, we, we were, like, I, I don't want to say friends, like, friends. We were friends, like, we were friendly. Yeah. Like, you know, you see me, he sees me before I see him. And, like, you and know, he would come to the shop kind of often, or what? Yeah. Because this is when, obviously, he was living in LA. Yeah, when he was out here in Hollywood yeah. and shit, living with Common or whatever. Right. And fucking, um, I see him, I'm seeing him walk around the store, and he's with his mom. And he's, like, walking, like, he's walking hella slow and shit. I'm thinking he's walking his mom around the store, it was the right. other way around. Right. You know, I didn't know how deep he was with the dialysis and all that shit, because yeah. no one was supposed to know unless right. you're in his real inner circle. That's right. why I don't want to be like, we were friends like that, because that, that implies something sure. else, you know? Sure. So, um, fucking, um, I like, no, this is my last day at work. I'm uh, like, I'm at work, fucking, I just got the first box of vinyl, you know, like, looking fucking fire. I'm like, hell yeah, you know, I'm fucking handing out, like, my, like, cigars, like, dad shit, you know, had out copies, you know, like, fucking, right. like, I see Dylan here, you know, like, dad got me a cake, speaking of comic books, they got me a cake with Batman on the cake, because they know oh, I, wow. I, they know I fuck with comics heavy and shit, you know? So I had, like, this big ass cake, you know? And, um, like, like I see him belling around. He's, it's, it's, I didn't see who else. When Wolf was with him, also, you know. Um, shout out Peanut Butter Wolf, like very much. So you're a great dude. I don't know if you're gonna even fucking hear this, but if you do, you know it. Cool. Um, fucking yeah. So Wolf is with him, and Wolf's looking hella serious and shit, you know. And like, I didn't really, I didn't. Again, I wasn't in on the fucking. I didn't get the memo, you know. So um, 
you know, I see, I'm talking to Dilla at the info booth. I'm like, oh man, yeah, you know, I'm excited. I'm like, man, I got this new record, da 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 da. And he's like, you know, my, you know, I'm like offering him cake. They're like, no, no, we can't have any cake, you know, kind of thing, because you know, can't do that. And um, again, didn't know. So he had like Wolf is explaining to to him what the record is, and he's like, oh shit, you know, he's hyping shit. But right. again, like. I just explained to him what the record was. You know, right, I, right, you, you, did not, you did not know how out of He just wanted to go buy vinyl with his time. Yeah. In between being in hospital beds and ICUs, he just wanted to go yeah. dig one that, fucking time. Yeah, just a, you know? for a therapeutic exercise probably yeah. in itself. Yeah, you know, you know? Like, live normal and shit. Do shit for you sure. normally do, for you sure. know? For sure. And, like, fucking, yeah, like, I hit him with the vinyl. I was fucking juiced, you know? Like, fucking, I walk out that motherfucker upside down and backwards, you know? Not, and then I don't see anything about him until October, where I saw a picture of him overseas, like the jazz cafe and shit. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah. yeah. And that fucked me up because I'm like, oh, this fool's fucking sick, sick. Right. You know, I heard he was sick, but I was like, no, nah, this. And then, then it went back to like, oh shit. And then this fool, he was sick then when I saw, ah, yeah. you know. And then we got history to, you know, we already know what happened. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, that was, that was like, yeah, that was ill. That was like my last time, my last day at work, last time I saw that dude, you know, and the yeah, first wow. day I got the vinyl, all that shit, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you encountered all types of people at the store, too, because you were kind of the only hip-hop artist there, right? Yeah, that like you the, saw. That right. you saw. I mean, Thavius was there, but he was upstairs. Oh, okay, I didn't know You that. know, yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, I was the only rapper that you saw there, you know? Right. So, yeah, I, I definitely met my share of rappers. I, I was personal shopping for people and shit. Like, oh, really? Fucking, yeah, Grandmaster Flash is insane ass. I was shopping for him. That fool was fucking... Whatever they say about that dude must be true. I was putting it that way. <laughs> like, okay. like, I'm not gonna, I'm, we're not going to talk about that today, but whatever right, they say right. about him must be true. Um, yeah, DJ Quick's a man. He's yeah, too smart cool. for rap. That's why he doesn't do anything anymore. Right. You know, he's too smart for the game, you know? Um, so they give you lists of, like, it's, or like a, no, just a broad idea? Shit. Yeah, they'd ask about shit, and I would just, like, use my list in my head yeah. and just go grab shit. Even yeah. Dilla asked about a couple things, because he was already up on game. Yeah. You know, but he was like, you know, you know what you think about it? I'm like, oh, fool, I got, I, I got something for you. Yeah, you know, I'll exactly. go find some shit. You know, he's exactly. like, oh, fuck, I got that, you know? Yeah. And, like, to Dilla and Madlib's respect, those motherfuckers would buy any format. They right. weren't vinyl fiends. They were music yeah, fiends. Yeah, so CDs, CDs, and all that. fucking tape, yeah. whatever VHS yeah. tape, yeah, anything. Yeah. They would buy anything, sample off anything. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that. Like, so oh, don't get it twisted out there. Oh, you don't. Oh, the vinyl and the and like, nah. That's right. like that's a fiends world. Like these motherfuckers are sample artists. They right. sample out of anything. You know, so these fools right. ask for records. Like Dre came through a couple times. I never got to help him though. Right. Dre was ill. He would come through before we were open, and um, just go straight upstairs and dig out the warehouse. And the vinyl buyer would just give him the desk to go use. And every time he tipped the vinyl buyer a G. Wow. <laughs> and then he's buying records, like record, 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 record. Right. So that was incredible. Like, it was yeah. sick. It was it was a crazy time. Like, um, I remember going to work one day, I was super stoned. I walk into the hip hop section, it was like a fucking video. Like over in like the arm because like, all the urban music's in one corner yeah. at, at Amoeba in yeah. LA. So um <clears throat> I walk in like R and B right there, like Dylan and Common are digging through records and shit. Wow. Then I look over and then Warren G's walking by. I look over here, then Redman and fucking um, Meth and Mugs are over here digging for shit. Wow. Then some other motherfucker I can't remember, like a DJ that we know of, you know, he's walking through. I'm like, God damn. Like, it was like, I was like, this is crack. Like, I felt like I was in like some fucking movie. I was like, yeah, hell yeah. What is on now? You know, like, it was super That's sick. Tough. It was sick. Like, it was a good time then. You know, it was yeah. a very good time. Remember, so then, so then after like you, the, the the GSL record comes out and then things start rolling. You, do you you move to Europe or something? Like uh, I moved to Canada first. Okay. So with that, um, yeah, the record comes out. I go to I go to Europe on my first like solo yeah. tour, like solo tour. And I bring um, No Can Do is my hype man and shit. Oh, tight. Then I go right back to Europe the next month. 
you know, and because of that, that's why I quit Amoeba because I was like two back-to-back tours, right. and they're like, you can't, you can't have you doing this shit, yeah, you know, kind of gone for like two and a half months. Yeah, you know, like I mean, other record stores were like, yeah, go shit, it's music, we, we gonna sell your records while you're gone, you know, sure. kind of, you know, but you know, and you'll sell records for us when you get back. Yeah, but, you know, the Amoeba, they they aren't tripping like that because they don't they don't need that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They had 260 people working there at the time. If I was wow. gone, I was 259, and somebody else wants to work there. You know. Oh yeah, I'm sure the people go there every day with that job application. Right. You know. Like, yeah. Like in the game, like somebody in the game. So I mean, right. and I was at that time, I was being like, kind of like the terrible infant. I never like saying that shit in French. You know, like I was like really like. Like I knew what I was doing. I knew I was a very good salesman. Right. I knew I was becoming popular in the game. Right. I knew it was not because of Amoeba, you know. Right. I knew I was popular at Amoeba for fucking doing my job very well, you right. know. I knew all this shit. And, like, get, leading to what we were saying, you know, on the quick break, like, I was getting recognized for working at Amoeba in airports and shit. Oh, amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, crazy shit in other fucking spots. So, I mean, right, I already right. knew, like, I was killing it, you know, in right. that way. You know, so I'm like... Like you gotta want, you have to want to fuck with me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, nope, no, <laughs> no, we don't have to want to fuck with you. <laughs> Rap's right. not even our favorite music, but we don't right, have to right. want to fuck with you at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like for that, you know, and for in so many, in, in like a paraphrase term, you know. Yeah. yeah. So um. So then, what you you kind of just go out into the world after that, right? Yeah, like, you just you grow up, you know, you yeah. go out in, or whatever. Yeah, you go out in the world. So I mean, I, I luckily I did those tours. I said, you know, I got back. Yeah. Uh, now you know, like I should have got back and went and got another fucking job, you know, like a normal person would do. Yeah. But instead, I got back and tried to show the music thing more and go right. travel around more, you know. And yeah. I'm playing, I'm playing CMJ and I'm playing South yeah. by Southwest and I'm playing, you know, all this shit now. So I feel like I got this responsibility as some type of musician to do the musical thing, right? You know, and um, like that, like I'd been going to Canada since from 2004 up because of like the, all the homies from the Unicorns that fucking. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that, that, Nick, uh, yeah, Nick, yeah, yeah, Nick Diamonds, Nick Thorburn, all that. Like yes. shout out Nick, Jamie, and Alden. But yeah. Nick and Jamie for real, like those yeah. are my fucking guys. Jamie Thompson and Nick Thorburn took like took very. Those are my brothers. They took very good care of me. Beyond that, beyond yeah, right. Unicorns, Islands, any of that shit, just as, yeah. as humans, you know, yeah. good, you know, those are like family members yeah, forever. A big guy. Yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen him, but yeah, we were cool when he was living in. He lived in New York for a little while. Yeah, he lived in Clinton Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He now he lives out here, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's been doing great as a cartoonist and shit, like making some comic books. Oh, and shit. dope! Yeah, I didn't know that. Like, he has a new one that's about to drop on Fanagraphics. He's fucking clowning. Oh, that's what's up? Um, he killed it with that serial. Uh, oh uh, yeah, that, that no one expected that. Yeah, he came through clowning with the serial shit. Like he made yeah. everybody want to make a podcast. I'm like exactly. no, he just played the fucking song got chipped out <laughs> but um yeah so I, I i love montreal so much like yeah, like the women were all rad um those dudes were super rad they yeah. ran the fucking town you know at that right. point you know but i'm like I'm live out here you know and like oh right. six came and i was like already hanging out there you know hanging out with people out there hanging out with girls out there you know right. so I'm, like, I'm gonna go fucking kick it in montreal you know right. and then um so i stayed there from 06 to 08 and i um I, I've lost my passport out there at some point. Okay. So I had a song called, like, Where's My Passport? And I was just fucking stuck okay. out there tripping. And I luckily got booked for um, an, all, an All Tomorrow's Parties. Like, so, like, I played one in 05, the Mars Volta one. Yeah. They curated out in England. And I, yeah. and I got hit for another one, like, All, Tomorrow, all Tomorrow's Parties versus the fans. Oh, cool. And yeah, I remember like, that. Where, what, where did that take place? That was in England, too. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny as fuck because um, I wasn't supposed to play. Like, they made the, the roster or, like, the, like oh, the fans vote for whoever it is. Yeah. And then fucking um, Subtle was on the on the bill, uh-huh. so Matt Fools are voting for like Matt like they either did a misspelling or something they put subtitle, uh-huh. so Matt Fools started voting for me to play, but they're like oh we met Subtle they're like no nah, no nah, we want him too, so right. it didn't be like a subtle and subtitle show, Dope. that's you know? amazing, and so 
excuse me, it was subtle. Sub- it was like most, like, that was like a tight-ass tour or a tight-ass show because there's a bunch of people, like a bunch. Oh, the curation of all tomorrow's parties is always all, spot on. Always best. spot on, yeah. Like, we lived, and we all lived in apartments and shit, so my apartment, I'm like by myself in one room. Across me is why. Oh, wow. This fool's wearing, like, fucking pajamas with feet on them and shit. Right. Upstairs is all the Grizzly Bear dudes. Upstairs from oh, that cool. is, like, the Band of Horses dudes. And upstairs from that was the Apples and Stereo dudes. Oh, wow. So we're just up in there fucking, like, trying to find, like, the whole building. We're just all running around trying to find weed and shit. And just be fucking, <laughs> like, be just, like, villains and shit. It was so tight. Right. Across me, I would see this bag lady all the fucking time, which is impossible because we're in England. Right. So I'm like, who the fuck is this bag lady? It was Patty Smith. Every goddamn day, I see Patty fucking Smith. Steve Albini's walking by my window, waving. Daniel yeah. Johnson's over here playing out his window to 100 motherfuckers a day. Wow. It was crazy. It was crazy as fuck. That's so cool, man. Yeah, it was su- super ill. So, I mean, like Cloud Dead, that, that was their first reunion. They did that Dead Dog song. Yeah. All, everybody was there, so they were like, fuck it, let's go do a Cloud Dead, yeah. you know, said. And everybody's like, ah, you know, like losing their minds because, you yeah. know, they hadn't played for years. It was dope. It was fucking dope. Yeah. So, yeah, like, um, why did I even bring that up, Brad? Well, I was just trying to get some context oh, yeah, just, as yeah. far as like where you were, oh. you went out and started yeah. living. That was other that places. was 07. Yeah, that's right. No, I was 07. That's how I got back to America. Right. Like, I, yeah, I was stuck in Montreal. Played that show. They paid me a gang of money. I got my passport renewed, or I got a new passport from the from right. the embassy. Then I ended up going, like moving to New York for a quick second right. okay. and being out there. And that's when I started hanging out like Despot and Das Racists and all those dudes. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then um, shout out those guys. You know, all you dudes, Heems, Despot, Dap, fucking yeah, like. Yeah. Big Baby Gandhi even like fucking uh-huh. <laughs> like cool AD all you dudes I love you all dudes all you dudes um, so yeah fucking um, that was, I did that and then um, I would come back I was back going, like moved back here on this fucking very street just two blocks down really and it was very like, back here I me mean, and moved back to downtown LA right. and it was like this is 07, 08 and it was like it was just starting to have some shit go on around yeah. all these around yeah. all of this shit you know and like I got over that pretty quick, and then moved to France. I got like over like it was like seventy two hours. Like oh, I'm moving to fucking France. Fuck wow, me. you know. So <laughs> like I actually had like I had a friend out there who Whereabouts? like in Saint Etienne. Oh, like cool. it was like forty five minutes from Lyon. Um, oh, amazing. So yeah, I had a, I had a friend out there. It was like yeah, man, I got extra room at the pad. You want to come stay out here? He's a dude who used to be on one of my old labels. The dude Agent Two Hundred Two. And so I go okay. I go stay out with him. Him and his girl had a pad out there with extra room. I stayed there and just I, I went. I was dating this lady. Who's uh, who's in a band? She's a lead singer of this band. Not anymore, but it was this band called the Noisettes or whatever. Okay. And um, yeah, now she does a bunch of other shit. But I, was, I would go hang out with her. Like we'd go hang out wherever the other person was right. at. So I went and hung out with her in London for like a month or so. Cool. And then like went back to fucking um, France. Like fuck, I'm going back to France. Yeah. And even then, when I was in London, I had like a show in Glasgow. I was like, that's where I met all the Lucky Me dudes. Yeah. yeah so fucking yeah, like those dudes were. You know, they were killing it. I went to like Hudson Mohawk's grandma's. Birthday party, that's, that's you know, awesome. <laughs> like, like all kind of shit, like just weird shit, like yeah. you know, like shout out to Mike Slot, yeah, Martin, yeah, and, uh, Young Fine Art, fucking Joe, Joe Ballers, um, all who you else, dudes, yeah, fuck who else, um, damn, I can't remember, I guess Hudmo, but you live in L.A. now, Ross, you don't know how to talk to nobody, I can't really <laughs> fuck with you, you know, like like straight up, <clears throat> Kanye Page, you, you don't fuck with nobody no more, <laughs> a Lamborghini Mercy money, anyway. So, like, yeah, like, um, I was out, like, Glasgow and all that shit. And I, I, like, I just kind of just was able to just dip around, you know? Yeah, so you've, that's kind of, like, a big part of your, the whole career. It's like you've 
kind of been involved with these different circles of artists in different cities yeah. and different scenes and stuff like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I never felt like I was a part of any one thing, you know? Yeah, and I even grow like up, a lone wolf. Kind yeah, of like even growing up, my family all was like gangbangers and shit like that, you know? Oh, really? Like, for real, for real, you know? like And so I was like the, the outlier, you know? Right. And like even I like I live around them all now. They still do it, you know. Like right. it's just a couple generations in, you know. And I'm still the outlier, you know. So it's like it was always natural for me to just dip and do shit, you know. Like I was, yeah. I never, like, you know. That's why I was always looking for some shit, like looking for a crew to join, looking for something because I just, you know, I've never felt comfortable around none of the shit that I was around. Like yeah. you know, even the shit I'm from, I didn't, I, I didn't fit into it, you know. Yeah. So after a while, I was always just, you know, you just start reaching. You're just always yeah. reaching now. You're just looking beyond, like one step beyond, like where's the next ill thing? Where where, yeah. where do I feel comfortable at, really, really? Sure. You know? And, um, the, yeah, the only place I really felt like I was on with was Berlin. You know, I, yeah. I, I, lived, I, I lived in France for a minute, like almost a year, and I would travel around a bunch, and then fucking I happened to have friends in Berlin, I hit them up, like, is it cracking out there? You know, I got to get the fuck out of here. You know, because I was in the French Alps, and it's fucking, like, snowing, like, right after Christmas or right after right. New Year or some shit. I just had to bounce. And they're like, oh, yeah, dude, come out here right now. You know, it's cool. cool. So I just take a train out there. The, the weather switched by 40 degrees and shit by the time I got there. You sure. Know, it was, it, and, it, and like, I'm, like, I get there, it's, like, popping. Like, the minute I get there, my homie Blake Royal he used to be in Puppet Masters, if you know that group. No, I don't remember Puppet, that. Ma- Puppet Masters is an ill-ass over, um, foreign rap group. These dudes were fucking crazy. They had the craziest shows. They all rapped all kind of ways, but then they had puppets on stage doing like an elaborate oh, puppet wow. show, like very elaborate, like very like we, it hasn't been able to come to America. Right, I think right. it came one time, if that, if that, like it was like some other shit. So, mm, um, cool. these dudes, like, um, yeah, like the, like he had a pad. He's like, and he's from out, he's from L.A. You know, he had a pad out there, like extra pad, because it was cheap enough to have more than right, one. And he's right. like, man, I got you on this pad, pay me two fifty, you know, a month yeah. for it. It was like a one bedroom fucking apartment right in the middle of Berlin with internet and shit, one fifty or yeah, two fifty, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm on. I do that shit, you know, fucking. I um, I'm with all these other dudes who make music out there. Like, all, like I, I start hanging all these techno dudes and everything. So yeah. while I wasn't necessarily rapping over all those beats, I'm getting up on making all that music, you know. Right, so I'm right. doing shit under weird names and all kinds of other stuff. Then I end up um, doing a record for this label, 299, that's out of, out of Moscow at the, at the time. They put out like an AWOL record or something like that, so they ended up flying me out to Russia for this record. Cool. Yeah, I went out there for like nine days. Oh, to then, actually record it? Or to just not to, do, um, to perform a couple of songs. Oh, cool. I played in Moscow, I'm playing in St. Petersburg, and yeah. just kicked it, you know, and yeah. did, did shit and did like YouTube tutorials for Russian dudes and like right, Ableton right. and shit like that. And then um, smuggled a bunch of records back into the, like into Central Europe because right, right. I had no you know sales thing with the person. They were trying to right. make me pay two thousand bucks for my records. I was like, no, you can have them. I'm good. And they right. just had to give them to me because they couldn't have illegal yeah. shit. So it was funny. Right. So um, funny, yeah, like the Berlin thing was where it was where everybody was at. So I just felt comfortable there. And then I lived there. Then I came back here. Then I went back out there. And then fucking um. Like, we, I couldn't find a pad in Berlin again, so I ended up staying in Brussels because that's where I was, like, based out of at the time. Right. And then, like, I was there for a, a minute, and that shit was cool. You know, it was weird as fuck, you know? And then um, I moved back to Berlin, you right. know, after that. And then I stayed there until 2011, then I got back out here, you yeah, know? so you've been back in L.A. since then? Yeah, for like seven years, yeah. So how has it been kind of getting back, you know, knowing that the scenes have sort of changed and shifted and music and all of that has evolved in different ways since, uh, you know, even that period of time when you're in Europe I mean things have changed a lot you know so where, where are you at now like with, with your own solo stuff or, or, or just anything that you're working on I mean it, it was kind of it was weird it kind of took me like I, I don't even know the word to use right. I, I, I'm not by surprise because I was watching it all happen the whole time you know right. 
it was more like a um, rude awakening because I'm like, oh, there's all this shit I've been into this whole fucking time. Right. And you motherfuckers have not been into it. You know, I'm not talking about people making it. I'm talking about the people making money off it. Sure. You know, and now now it's on. You guys are double back. Like, oh, we got to put out all these records now. Every, yeah. every beat tape's a fucking 12-inch now. Every, right. You know, all this other crazy shit. You know, where I'm like, you guys weren't fucking with none of this shit. You weren't fucking with rap, really. Right. Like, you know, for a minute. You weren't making no physical nothing. Right. You weren't fucking with this instrumental music. You weren't even fucking with electronic music like that, you know? Yeah. But now you got now LA is the capital of this shit. Now this label and that label and that label. They're the dudes putting all this shit out. And, but you have no time for the people who actually were doing this shit. You don't even fuck with those people. Like, there's a level right, of disconnection right. where it's like you're looking for a little kid that just moved here so you can fucking put them through the fucking, like, the ringer or whatever and then yeah, make yeah. money off of them when you know they're going to blow up later. You're not going to get any, like, vets who do this shit. No, you know? no, that's not how it works. Yeah. It, ever, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know that. That right, was the trick. Right. How it works is real. Like, no one's like, like you're not going to tell somebody with money how to spend their money. And then that they, right. and how they fucked up when they spent it. You know, you're yeah, not going to tell yeah. nobody that. You know, they're going to spend their money how they want to on what they want. Yeah. And, like, you're not going to be an adult and tell a little kid anything. And, gonna be, and you can't be a little kid telling an adult anything. Right, you right, know, right. so, I mean, like, all this whole thing's a young man's sport. You know, like a young man's sport. It's not, you yeah. know, like, they're, they're hating on women. They're hating on old people. They're, age, like, ages, all that shit, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, straight up. So, I mean, like, that was the most disappointing thing. We have all these avenues to do all this shit more than we ever fucking had. But yeah. then very few people can take advantage of them. And even then, when they come, through, when they come with stuff, here's a better, a better analogy to make. Um, I, I grew up skateboarding also. I didn't say that. Skateboarding probably was the most important thing that's, I've, that happened to me before music, you know? Cool. They got me into music. Um, I was reading an interview about this one skater not that long ago, and he said something like, he's like, man, you know, I grew up where you had to really, really get these tricks. Nowadays, you got dudes who don't even need to get free boards who are pro. You oh, know, wow. and they're pro because they, maybe you like how they look or whatever it is. You like uh, how they push around yes. on their fucking board or something like that. They're right, not really right. doing tricks. They're not really right. making a name for themselves. Right. So and so made a name for them, and that's good enough. Right, you know, right, and that's right. how I feel about today. It's like back in the day, we had to pave our own way for better or for worse. Yeah. You know, yeah. like dubbing your own tape and look. You know, now nowadays it's like it's a different time for that. You know, yeah, the physicality of it all has totally changed. It doesn't it, exist anymore. No, nah, it, it does with the fetishized object. I mean, right, right. Yeah, we're, that's we're, a good point. That's we're in a place. Point. We're in a place that sells alcohol, all right. But it's like alcohol is risen to a point now where it's a fetishized object. A like beer is like a collectible thing, like vinyl. Yeah, you yeah. got people like like going to beer like releases. We're talking about Mumford Brewing earlier. I've, I've been in Mumford Brewing when they drop a can, like they're dropping doing a new can release today. Right. Man, motherfuckers are lined up going to buy the can like it's some, like it's some vinyl, right, buying right, buying right. Like a, a case of the shit and all this other shit, which is sick, you know. But yeah, it's like dudes are spending hundred bucks on like fucking 12, 12 beers, right? You know, right. like That's you have wild. that you have that disposable income, right? Right. You know, so it's like taking over. Like people still need to buy something and, and trip out over something. That's what they yeah. need that. Yeah. But it's like the value music has had forever off of just like you know the just obligatory value like you gotta buy this record if you wanna hear it right There's, that's gone to the wayside now now right. you, now if you wanna collect this thing you gotta own this thing and all that kind of shit you know yeah 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 so, yeah it's interesting I mean you definitely have a, a good perspective on, on the retail side just from the years in working of Aaron's yeah. enemy but, right and even you know, before and that just, yeah, and label stuff yeah I've worked for labels for you know uh, the, damn near the entire time right excuse me uh, and like yeah, like it doesn't change. You know, right, I don't right. care how many different ways you can put something out for free. It does never, it never changes. You right, know? Like, right, right. You have to buy something. You have to sell something. You know. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I was talking to my homegirls this morning. Um, they were both like R and B singers and shit, and we're walking around town just talking about stuff. And like one of them was talking about like plays and YouTube shit. I'm, I'm like, bottom line though, it's like if you're not a draw, you're not getting booked. Yeah. You know, you can buy all those fucking numbers, but that doesn't mean that those bodies are gonna be in a room. 
No. You know, somebody can look at SoundScan, see what region you sold what in, or whatever the fuck it right. is that they use now, and know that they're not going to get 100 people in the room with you and yeah, not fuck buy them. a ticket of whatever price, whether it's right. 10 bucks or, or 50 bucks with right. tax, you know, whatever. Whatever so, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. fools know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. numbers don't, numbers, they don't lie because I can go find out where they came from. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, like, yeah. that, like, metadata doesn't lie. Right. You know, right. like I, you can, I can, I can find out if you just got an infusion of fifty thousand followers overnight. I can see that. Right, you know, right, if I right. want to, if I'm on another side of the fence. You yeah, know, yeah. But if I'm some jocker, yeah, cool. I think you're tight now. You got a million plays on right, YouTube. Yeah. If I'm a real fool, I'm like, where those million come from? Though? Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just num- arbitrary numbers on right. on a page on a screen. On a screen, uh, yeah. yeah, on a screen. You know, so like that. That's the funny thing about a lot of that stuff. Like, and I, I was, you know, talking about it earlier, like. Marketing is never going to go out of style, right? You know, right. no, like I don't give a fuck what comes and goes when right. it does. You're, you're going to market it all. You're sure. going to administrate it all. Administration never goes out of style. Right. You know, you're going to sign your name on something, even if Adobe Sign exists, because you need to sign your name on something. Right. <laughs> like this shit does not go out of style. So you're going to do business the same fucking way, regardless of who you think you do it with or how you think you do it. You know, right. Right. and like the biggest thing, that, the best thing that could have happened to me was also the worst. Like just waking up one day realizing underground rap is a game. Right, right. You know, it's a tight game, and if you win, it's, it's like Fortnite or some shit. You can pay the fool to do a little weird dance, but it's still a video game, you know? <laughs> right. And, like, I'm blessed to have been able to do all the shit I've done in underground yeah, rap music, sure, like, sure. without a shadow of a doubt, you know? Because it was, I was having fun. Yeah. You know, there's other motherfuckers that take it very seriously and did not get half as far as me. Right. You know? That's true. Like, yeah. straight up. You know, they were looking for this shit to change their fucking life around like it did mine. Right. You right. know? Because, I'm like I said, I'm from Compton. I know where I could be. Right, you know, right. it's not that right. hard. You know, this shit was very transformative to my life. That's right. why I stuck so close to it, you know, right. for so long. You know, a lot of people stick to it because they ain't got nothing else, and they're never going to get on a plane to go anywhere. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're not—they're never going to know what it is to go rock a show. There's motherfuckers yeah. that love this shit, do it, and can barely finish a song. Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's crazy to say it like that, but, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dick, you know, like... No, 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 I understand where you're coming from with that. Like, we're in a place with the music now. I was telling, I was talking, telling AC about this yesterday. You had to work really hard to be good at this shit back in the day. Right. Nowadays, yeah, you absolutely. can just express yourself. Like, like, and, and to, like you know, the, you can use the word express to pop a pimple, too. Okay. You know, like, you're like, let me get this out. Let me get this out of here. That's, that's what express yourself musically can be, too. Yeah. Like popping a pimple. Like, you right. just, like just whatever. Like, who, like, there's no value in this besides getting, out, getting it off your chest or getting it out. It doesn't mean it needs to be sold. It doesn't mean you need to be a, a fucking, some kind of figure or some shit, right. some social anything. You know? Right. You just want to express yourself. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, know? Yeah. Pop that pimple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's you know like, you don't need to put out a record like, right. and that's that's the thing with now a lot of people just do their thing, and analytics take care of the rest or whatever it is. You're not right. trying to be good at it or whatever, and that's yeah. like that kind of muddy, that's muddy the waters and a lot of stuff that we mess with. So it, it, mess, it makes retail fucked up, right. you know, because now it's like it diminishes the value of a person who really made a real record. Oh, big you know? time. Yeah. Like, because now you don't know what to go listen to. You walk into a store now, and on the fucking end rack, there's 20 fucking new things that came out, 30, right. and you don't, have, you don't have any information about them. Right. You right. got to go look on Spotify real quick and do all this shit to yeah, figure yeah, out if yeah. it's decent. Like, yeah, sorry. This is getting, yeah, yeah it, it's getting kind of absurd, you know, but it's all based yeah. on, like, something I call, like, ghost analytics. Ghost okay. analytics are funny things. Um, I, I thought about this when it came to SoundCloud. People start DJing off of SoundCloud and YouTube a lot. Right. And, like, you're talking about plays and shit. Like, okay, if you play a song right now, like right now, where we are, there's a song playing in the background. That counts as yeah. one play. But in my immediate line of sight, there's five people sitting there, or four. You know, so I, that will count, four people heard it, so that should count as four plays. Right. You know? So um, the ghost analytic is that four people heard it, and we can all go and bump it ourselves. Yeah. You know, and like, no one's going to wonder how this song spread. 
they're just gonna see a play next to it. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. then you're like, well, who's listening to that shit? Oh, a room full of motherfuckers was listening to that shit. Right. You yeah, know, it's yeah. the it's the inverse of the whole I'm buying numbers thing. You know, it's like you don't think about where this shit's being played and who's listening to it. You're just thinking about it being played. You don't, you know, there's dudes break. I, I remember DJing off of YouTube, breaking new songs for motherfuckers. And like when I, I DJed in Montreal not that long ago, played like a festival show and then DJed like just this crazy five hour, like just killer shit right. kind of thing. And then I remember playing like Ugly God and all this other shit for the first time out there off of YouTube. Right. Like the Ugly God Water song, just yeah. doing this little damn. They never heard this shit in their fucking life. Right, I right. mean, now he's popular. Yeah. But um, I'm like, no, like that. Like this one play, it counts as one play. But I got 250 motherfuckers in here dancing. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. no one's asking what this is, but dudes are holding their phones doing the Shazam shit. They're gonna go and bump this again. Like right, you're not gonna right. wonder who puts everybody up on this shit, you know? And that like. That in a tangent way, it, it kind of goes to a bunch of shit. Like, I, I, I'm going to, go on a, I, I kind of, that's a hard retail thing. Like, people, you know, we make a short amounts of shit now, like, you know, 200 or something, 150 or something to kind of cover the cost and make sure we don't look stupid. Yeah. You know, but you don't know how many thousands of motherfuckers hear this shit the first time. Right, right, right. That's, and that's the whole trick with retail. Like, you got to kind of make this shit just to understand that it needs to have a physical, physical accompaniment in 3D. Uh-huh, you know, it can't uh-huh. just be free information or people will treat it like it's free information, you know? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's like yeah, with retail and all that kind of stuff, like you gotta sell something. Yeah, That's absolutely. It. <laughs> I always also wanted to um, ask you about what uh, for you to break down um, keep it craft. Can oh shit! Yeah, okay. That's a, that's a thing that you created. I'm over here right? sweating. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking. I'm talking way too much right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, now you're breaking it down. Crev, yeah, too hard. Crev <laughs> came from um, I'm short for crevice, and I was like from workforce time. And um, like like, it would be a thing about like you know how much in the cut could you be you know, okay. and then like then it became a parody of that like what is being in the cut to you, <laughs> right, and then right. like I'd be like hanging out doing this interview in between that space between the wall and the fucking refrigerator or whatever, <laughs> and like behind it chilling like that's keeping it, you know being in the cut right. And so keep it crab became this whole subjective thing like what does crab mean to you because I didn't explain it to you if, let's say you know right and what does keep it crab mean and then. I started having this whole visual component to the shit, just weird picture shit around here, like some of the smokers and shit, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, the, the way that you break it down on Instagram, you can tell by the pictures that you choose to accompany that with. Yeah, it was yeah. certain. But then with titles and people hit me back with shit, oh, asking, yeah? is this crab? What is crab? You know, and like, <laughs> just send me pictures of shit. I'm like, God damn, dude, I don't know what the fuck that even is. Like, <laughs> where did you figure that one out at? Like, right. God dog, you know, like, and I mean, like, like amazing shit where I'm like, damn, like, you, you found this, you know, like, right. So it, it now has its own little life, you know, where it's yeah. like keep it crab, yeah, keep it cool, just keep it, keep it on the low, keep it, keep right. it chill, you know. But whatever that, all that means, cool, chill on the low, it's up to you. Yeah, you yeah. know, up, up <laughs> to interpretation, right? And I guess the, all that is like really takes place. A lot of that is here in downtown LA. Yeah, I mean, because that was the crevice spot for me. Like, I, I took a bunch of like, like post Instagram has been the crevice place for me. Like pre Instagram, it'd be like Berlin or some shit or just somewhere sure, in sure. the cut, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. and I've taken a bunch of pictures. I'm like saving for like a little photo book or whatever. Yeah. Of just shit no one's seen that's been off of Instagram, so, you know. Yeah. But like, like yeah, there's like like crab shit. Like I remember being at MGMT's house in the shittiest part of Brooklyn uh-huh. at like five in the morning, watching all these old ass British dudes do blow and play dominoes. Okay. And they were all industry dudes. Right, right. And I had no idea. Like, I mean, like, I'm see, I'm talking about long hair Brits, like, you know, talking yeah. about like Domino, motherfucker, like, like with a French accent and shit, yeah. with like yay in their fucking nose. You're like, oh shit, like that was crab to me. That's very crab. That's very crab. You know, so I mean, there's mass shit like that where you, just, it's just like, there's there's definitely more to it. You know, yeah. like it, it's, it's rad to see other people's interpretation of it. And then like, I mean, also the music. I wanted like, you know, like the visual side to accompany the music because the music was right, getting really. Right. 
hard sounding and raw and weird yeah. and shit. And I wanted like I was calling it Crev Wave just to fuck around, you so, know. And then other people start calling their shit Crev Wave. I'm like, oh, sick. And then we we doing Crev Wave now, you know. Yeah. So I want at least to have like a visual ID to that, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it, man. I can dig it, dude. Big time. Thank you, Shane. Uh, yeah, and I just and just want to thank you too, just for your time and and, and sharing the little, just a little bit of the story because there's a whole lot. There's more, much more. Oh yeah, it. yeah. There's way more. I mean, if you can tell by even like the the beat of conversation. There's it's right. like you're like trying real hard to stay on the road and not go too far into a tangent because you can just. Well, yeah, and this is to give even more context, just to remind people too that this is me running into you at a bookstore and it's right. like, yo, let's record a conversation. And we went across the street to the homie spot and they let yeah. us sit up in the back and it was, yeah, shouts to. Buzz. Shout out to the homies of Buzz for letting us fucking do our thing right now. <laughs> Thank you very much. You heard my voice way too much right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's sick as fuck. Yeah, good oh, looking yeah. at me. I appreciate looking, your time. Man. Thank man. you, brother. Thanks, fuck yeah. Yes, 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 y'all. Check it out. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to Geo Subtitle for his time. For all the guys at the wine shop downtown LA, make sure you go there and uh, the last bookstore and cj for editing and engineering this episode please subscribe the houseless podcast follow me at the houseless pod on twitter and spread the word for us and let's just keep this thing going y'all we're getting closer and closer to 100 episodes and hopefully i have something special for the 100th one the streams are looking good on soundcloud so make sure you repost that wherever you can um i definitely appreciate it Thank you. Peace, y'all. I'm going to catch you guys on the next one. Um, serene, like I did about my scene. That is how I keep it so my sonic whips they playing. And I stockpile all my sounds. I'm a little spacker on the way in. OJ on the way in. Killing all these villains with the accidental band. Straight out of LA, the way I talk is like a meme. Chalk outline stays. Start contrast the stars. Two blocks more than sunset. We still shop for some shirts. To be or not to be grand. That is the